Alright, welcome to this episode of Run Past the Brain Cell. I'm Adam Skirko, as always, joined by my co-host Jake Miller. Jake, how are you feeling? Pretty good. I mean, I've kind of accepted my Packers are kind of shit right now, and if Jordan Love isn't the answer, okay, but he has one more year to work, so I'm thinking like, let's get everybody back healthy, let's crush the draft, because I don't like Goody that much, their GM, but he can draft. As long as he doesn't pick a def another defensive player, but he probably will pick some random ass Georgia player with a top five pick. But Hold up. <laughs> here's something for you. Imagine if they keep losing. They might just fall into a top five pick, and if they get one of the top quarterbacks, which I don't think so, but if they trade up to the second pick and get Marvin, I think like, okay, yeah, sucking ass for a season and getting Marvin Harrison. Yeah, I'm okay with this. Or, hell, even one of the other guys, because this receiver draft is stacked. <laughs> Bold of you to assume that you're going to get a receiver when Jordan Love is looking more like Zach Wilson. You need a quarterback bad. Because watching Jordan Love, Jake, I would rather watch paint dry. And <laughs> also, if you're thinking you're getting a top two pick... You're lucky that I don't drug test for this podcast. <laughs> but also, how do you feel about me uh, kicking your ass in fantasy this past week? Eh. When uh, everybody on your team did really good and then your freaking Chargers running back, who will not be named, decides to rub it in and just kick me while I'm down. Yeah, I kind of like to get my ass kicked because of how it worked and things like, eh, shit. Gus Edwards buried you. And Austin Eckler decided to do a fucking jig on your grave. It was just yep. not right. But, Jake, we're going to start things off with our Eyes on 5 recap of Week 8. And we're going to start with your first game. But before we do that, in our picks, you went 4-1. and one, I went 3-2. and two. And starting things off with your first game, which was Saints taking on the Colts. New Orleans beating down the Colts 38-27 in a game that's more competitive than the score indicated, but they did pull away. What were your thoughts on this game, Jake? Uh, honestly, the Saints defense gave up a lot more than what I thought they would. I thought this game was going to be eh, mid-20s for both teams. I thought the Saints would win anyway, but the Colts just kind of... They held in there. They fought as best as they could, but when you have Gardner Minshew going against a top five defense and one of the best trio of quarterbacks in the league, uh, I don't like their odds in the first place. And they just couldn't get their running game going all that well. Jonathan Taylor has to get warmed up, and he has to get warmed up quickly because I don't know what's going on with him coming back. Zach Moss is still top three in the league in rushing yards right now, so... Uh, let's see what happens. Yeah, well, Jake, I do think that New Orleans did get a big help from Shane Steichen because, what are you doing? Jonathan Taylor had a t he had like 93 yards, 95 yards at half. He gets two more touches, run for no gain, and a pass caught for two yards. He had 13 total touches. Zach Moss, Jake had 12 
Ride Jonathan Taylor, ride the hot hand, come on. I mean, Taysom Hill though, I mean, he just buried this entire team. I mean, nine carries, 63 yards, two rushing touchdowns. He threw it once for 44 yards and Derek Carr, he, he put together a good stat line, 19 to 27, 310 and two touchdown passes. And they also ran the ball extremely well. 36 rushes, 161 yards. Definitely helped off by Taysom Hill. But hey, Kamara chipped in 17 carries. And Kamara also, you know, contributed four catches, 51 yards, and another touchdown because it seems like he's the only person that gets passing touch or receiving touchdowns. Not Michael Thomas or Chris Olave. Another reason why your fantasy team just absolutely shit the bed. And Rashid Shahid. And shit. Yeah, and then Rashid Shahid, three catches, 153 yards, and a touchdown. Wouldn't that be a nice stat line? You catch every ball, you get a touchdown, and you get over 150 yards. And the defense did play well. They did stifle this Indianapolis team, which was pretty damn chippy until, like I said, Shane Steichen forgot that Jonathan Taylor was just absolutely killing it and decided, nah, I don't need, I need to keep giving him the ball. Why would I do that? Overall, Jake, I do think that the Saints, if I remember right, they are leading the division. This is looking like a pretty damn good pick for you. Oh, easy. Um, the Saints did really good, and I'm glad they paid it off. They're not my pick to win the division, but they were my pick to at least win this week. And I think now that I the Saints offensive coordinator has his head pulled out of his ass... Because they actually threw the ball and they figured out, let's have Rashid Shahid run down the field. If he keeps this up, fuck, this defense is already great. If this offense can score like this routinely, uh, shit, divisional round maybe? Yeah, potentially, and not to mention, Jake, get used to probably hearing the phrase, the speed of Rashid Shahid. Try saying that five times fast. But anyway, we're going to move on to my first game. Jacksonville taking on Pittsburgh. The Jaguars coming away with a 20-10 victory in Akershire Stadium. Heinz Field, I still think Akershire is a stupid name. Watching this game, Jake, it was way closer than it really should have been because Pittsburgh's offense was just anemic. Kenny Pickett, he got smoked on a hit. It had his shoulder hurt, but... And he didn't return in this game. Mitch Trubisky, he at least can provide a little bit of mobility. But Jake, they ran the ball only 18 times. They threw it a combined 43. Trubisky had one touchdown pass, but two picks. And Jalen Warren was their leading receiver or leading rusher with five carries and 19 yards. And Deontay Johnson, you said that the refs cost you that game. You only had eight catches for 85 yards and you were targeted 14 times. Refs can't. Refs definitely can't help you with, and you are putting up kind of a sorry stat line if you're getting targeted that many fucking times, and your longest catch was for 16 yards. Jake, the Jacksonville Jaguars are showing why you and I both picked them to win this division, because Trevor Lawrence just, you know, he had 75% completion percentage, 292, a touchdown, and a pick. The pick was not great, but, I mean, hey... What more can you ask when you're six and two and your road record is perfect? Yeah, I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars did 
fucking win this game. But the thing I'm worried about is that they keep making offensive inept. Their, their offense is inept. Yeah, okay. They're, they are winning. Yes, I'll give them that. But their offense is not playing to the full potential like it should. I don't understand it. Fumbles. It's just one of those things that, yeah, the ball control and ball security is not there with the team. It's If they can figure their shit out and their offense can stick to what it's good at and Dougie, Dougie P and Trevor Lawrence can figure everything out, oh, fuck, this is scary. Oh, yeah, they're going to be scary. And to be honest, Jake, I think that Pittsburgh is absolutely toothless. We'll talk about uh, last night and how they played on Thursday. I really... I, I know they were your pick to win the division. Jake, can they can they at all score more than, you know, 17, 20, 24, 21 points? Can Jake, can they score three touchdowns? Because I'm not sure that they can. With a Matt Canada-led offense, uh, I don't think so. Because if Matt Canada is calling the plays, I don't believe this offense is going to do shit. I want to see a him get canned and get, bring somebody young and fresh from college. See what they can do and s- might spark some shit. They need something. They need something to spark because the only thing that's sparking is um well, the only thing that's sparking <laughs> well, yeah, uh Highsmith and Watt, the law firm is just absolutely nightmarish but jake let's go to your second game it was the battle of new jersey the new jersey jets facing off against the new jersey giants the jets taking away a 13 10 win in overtime and if you had the unfortunate uh displeasure of watching this game i'm sorry i think on behalf of this podcast we apologize if you had to watch this game oh easy uh, I will say one thing though, the Giants didn't do shit except for Barkley trying to play hero ball by running it. Uh, they held the fucking Giants to negative nine passing yards. This Jets D is fucking scary, but there is one silver lining for the Giants. Kayvon Thibodeau has arrived, baby. Eight and a half sacks through the first half of the season. He's in the top five for leading sack leaders for the league right now. Uh, He's doing great. And the fact that the New York media, or New Jersey media, is downplaying Kayvon that he didn't do shit in this game, they can go fuck themselves. I loved when they drafted Thibodeau number five overall in last year's draft because he was one of my favorite p- players because me and you watched him all the time because living in Washington, Oregon's one of the most common guys we go against. So we saw a lot of him. Oh, yeah, we did. And, I mean, you still have Sexy Dexy up in the middle. He's going to pressure the quarterback better than any nose tackle in the league. He is literally the more freak athlete of Vince Wilfork because Vince was a very good pass rusher as a nose tackle. Dexter Lawrence is doing it on a higher degree than even he did. 
in the season and last season, the Jets really didn't do shit. Wilson did good enough, I guess, but a less fifty percent accuracy rating. They couldn't get the run game established. Uh, it was pathetic, honestly. Garrett Wilson destroyed the freaking secondary for the Giants, especially Deontay Banks. Ugh. For seven catches and 100 yards. Brees Hall couldn't do shit on the ground, so he said, fuck it, let me catch the ball. 76 um, yards and a touchdown. Take that any day of the week. Jermaine Johnson, two sacks. I like that for the kid. Besides that... Uh, offensive ineptitude and defensive slugfest. Those are the <laughs> four words that describe this game. I can describe this game in two words, Jake. Backup quarterback. Because mm-hmm. the Giants basically had an NPC out there playing quarterback. Tommy DeVito. I've never heard of this guy, nor do I really care to look him up. And... Jake, can Tyrod Taylor catch a break? This man, I swear, he gets a start, he plays well, and then just something fucks him. I mean, the poor dude got stabbed in the lung when he was starting for the Chargers and lost his job to Herbert. Granted, Herbert's better, but come on. He gets hurt, you know, on... he, You know, he has to go to the hospital again after a hit in this game, and this NPC had to take over. And then, Jake, Zach Wilson, there are people that were saying that he played well. 17-36 for 240 yards and one touchdown. The completion percentage, ass. The yards, not bad. You'll take a passing touchdown. But, Jake, you fumbled the ball twice. You are not supposed to win this game. You're not supposed to get this to overtime. And I will put this blame solely on the Giants' defense because on the play that got them down the field to set up the game-winning field goal, they do not have any timeouts left. Or no, yeah, they don't have any timeouts left. They have to spike the ball. Lay on the receiver. You know you can. It is legal. You don't get a delay a game for it. If you laid on him for half a second longer, they do not get that snap off. They do not get that spike. You win the game. And then in overtime, Adore Jackson, obviously, I know you're not what you were when you were with Tennessee. You're not phenomenal. Turn around. Just turn your head around and you will not get called for that. I understand the ball's underthrown on purpose because they teach the receivers to stop moving because then the defender will run right into you instant call instant call every time it's bullshit but it's the rule the fact that the the fact that jake adore jackson has to know this too he's been called for pi a lot there i think at one point he led the league one year in pass interference calls. You have to know that this is going to happen, and you know that they have to get the ball to Garrett Wilson. Turn your head around! I'm a little he- I am a little heated because this was a prediction that I made. I had the Giants in this game, you had the Jets, and there was no way I should have lost this one. So I am a little annoyed about it, but even still, this is a game that no one deserved to win, 
But the fact that the Jets got away with this win is so infuriating. It really is. Because you are right. I will blame this entirely just on that fucking shit of the Jets defense. They let the offensive... I can't believe I'm actually saying this when the fucking Jets didn't do shit. But they let um, Brees Hall do that 56-yard receiving touchdown for the running catch. And they let Garrett Wilson just fucking torch their ass. Why they didn't bracket coverage to him, I have no idea. I like Deontay Banks on him, but for God's sake, throw a safety over there to help the poor bastard. Yeah, he's a rookie, and you clearly can see that he's not able to do anything. Bracket him. Roll coverage. Make Alan Lazard beat you. Make Xavier Gibson beat you. Tyler Conklin, CJ Uzama, make them beat you. Don't let it be Garrett Wilson. But Jake, we're going to move on to my second game, which was the Monday night game. Raiders, Lions, Detroit just absolutely spanking Las Vegas and getting Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler canned, rightfully so. Jake, Detroit is just, they're for real. They're 6-2, and two, they're for real. Goff had a really good game. Outside of a pick six, he threw to Marcus Peters, who will jump literally anything. Honestly, I think if you if you had played Simon Says with this man, and you didn't say Simon Says, you just said jump, he would be jumping to the goddamn moon. That's how much he will jump any route. I mean, they wanted a pass with Amon Ross St. Brown for a touchdown, and that got absolutely Botched. They covered it very well. But Jake, it was the Jameer Gibbs breakout game. 26 carries, 152 yards, rushing touchdown, and five catches for 37 yards. This is what we were expecting when he got drafted in the first round. And hell, Jake, even Craig Reynolds put in a nice little stat line of 14 carries for 74 yards. He also chipped in a catch for 12. He played really well. I think overall, Jake... The Lions are scary, especially when, if this defense can get going even more, they got six sacks. Now, granted, the Vegas Raiders O-line is kind of putrid, but if they can continue to generate this kind of pressure on other teams, I mean, Aleem McNeil, Alex Anzalone, their linebackers stepped up. This wasn't Aiden Hutchinson. This wasn't, you know, this wasn't, John Kaminsky, this was their linebackers. I'm very excited if I'm a Detroit fan. And, well, if you're the Raiders fan, if you're a Raiders fan, I mean, at least you don't have to deal with Josh McDaniels anymore and porn star Jimmy. The Patriot way is now finally dead and gone. Get rid of it. Please. It's garbage. Oh, easy. The thing that I think really would have been better that could have made this even more of a blowout is if Jameson Williams actually caught the goddamn ball. Uh, He just had Butterfinger syndrome almost all the fucking game, all the game, because he just couldn't get shit going. Sam Laporte is still doing great as a rookie. Eight catches, 57 yards, and a touchdown. You are right, Amonra, he had his moment. He had the one moment where they couldn't get the touchdown to him, but it was a botched play from the start, like you mentioned. But you said it best. The Jameer Gibbs coming out party was this game. Uh, when he got used like seven or... 
I think it was six or seven plays in a row to start the first drive for the Lions. I'm thinking like, damn, this is what we thought we would see if he was a starter. And yeah, we saw it. Uh... Yeah, the linebackers and the interior for the Lions just got after and destroyed Jimmy G. Josh Jacobs actually did something good. But it's like what you said. First half for the Colts. Jonathan Taylor, really good. Josh Jacobs in the first half was really good. He was averaging four or five yards a carry. Uh, Why'd you stop? They couldn't stop him to save their ass in the first half. You didn't even try to run it in the second half with Josh Jacobs. Uh, besides that, the only thing I could really say is Max Crosby is 95% of this defense, maybe. 90, maybe, if I'm being generous. Yeah, considering the fact that they only got one sack against this O-line, and it was Nate Hobbs. Nate Hobbs! I yeah, mean, it was just a slot cornerback blitz. Yeah, I mean, Max Crosby, you look at the stat line, yeah, he had eight tackles. He did have one really nice tackle for loss, but I was just like, there were, outside of that, I was like, man, I'm not hearing Max Crosby. Is he playing? You could have told me he had been off the field after, like, you know, two or three plays, and I'd have just been like, oh, yeah, he probably got hurt. He had eight tackles. How can you say that about a guy who had eight tackles and you thought he got hurt and disappeared? That's not good. (laughs) He he pressured the quarterback a lot because I think he got four or five pressures in this game. But he was mostly a factor in stopping the run. Not Well, if it came to his side of the ball, he stopped it pretty good. But um, Crosby just wasn't great at finishing the job. But he got the pressures, which sometimes the pressure is more important than the sack because that can disrupt the pass play really good. Yeah, he did get one quarterback hit. I mean, I'll say this, Jake. Like I said, the Raiders are celebrating because of the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo is benched. I'm pretty sure Aiden O'Connell is now the starter for the rest of the year. Josh McDaniels is gone. Dave Ziegler is gone. You are free of the New England cloud that has rained down upon this team for the last two years. And you can already tell that everything is better. I saw a video, Jake, of Devontae Adams and I believe Jacoby Myers playing, you know, a little bit of uh, basketball in the locker room, like with a little ball. And Devontae even said, watch what they're going to say. They're going to say, this is what the problem was, not the fucking coaching. They aren't focusing on the game. Run the route, catch the ball and shit. And then he sinks the fucking shot and he goes, catch that shit. I mean, yeah, they can run routes. Jimmy Garoppolo, it's not its not Devontae Adams' fault that Jimmy Garoppolo can't get him the ball. He had two wide-open deep shots and just whiffed. Devontae Adams should have had like 150 yards and two touchdowns in this game. Oh, easily, easily. He had one catch, Jake, for 11 yards on seven targets. I watched this game closely. Four of those targets were nowhere near him. It was really bad. But Jake, let's go to the shared game that you and I had. The best game probably on the ticket this past weekend. And that was 
Cincinnati, San Francisco, the Bengals heading to Santa Clara and getting the win in pretty dominating fashion, 31 to 17. Jake Joe Burrow's back. He, he's back. That's great. 28 of 32 for 283 and three touchdowns. I mean, you missed four passes. You had three touchdown passes. And Jake, they ran the ball well too. 27 carries overall for 134 yards and a touchdown. Joe Burrow had 43 rushing yards. Heading into this game, he had a grand total of 15. He couldn't run because his calf was... You know, his cap was destroyed. And Jamar Chase, I mean, how aesthetically beautiful is this stat line? 10 catches, 100 yards flat, and a touchdown. It doesn't get more pretty than that if you're just talking about, you know, symmetry. But, I mean, hey, Tyler Boyd. Jake, where has this been? You know, shows shows up against Seattle a little bit. Now shows up against San Fran. I wonder if it's just... Uh, NFC West teams. Maybe we need to go back and see how he did against the Rams and the um, and the Cardinals, and then compare that to the other games because it seems like that's what he's played well in. Now on the Niners side, Brock Purdy, I still have faith in him. I more just look at it as, can we start giving this Bengals defense credit because they're really good. Sam you might Hubbard, really quick. Oh, go ahead. So, Lou Anarumo, um, he needs to get fucking head coaching calls. This motherfucker can call a defense. You give him a good OC, uh, have fun. Two sacks by this defense, but seven quarterback hits. They were all over Purdy. He even, he put together a decent stat line. Now, you could call it empty calories, 22 of 31 for 365 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. But he was also their leading rusher. Six carries for 57 yards. C-Mac got neutralized. They tried Elijah Mitchell, and he finished with less yards than carries. Now, George Kittle absolutely torched this defense. Nine catches for 149 yards. And Ayuk played well, too. Five for 109. But it's one of those things that... This Cincinnati defense, it's really good. It really is. They got turnovers. They got a strip sack on Purdy as well. Purdy contributed three turnovers. He was the only one that really contributed to all of the turnovers. And he owned up to it after the game. I still think the Niners are good. Now, they did, by losing this game, drop down to second in the NFC West, right behind my Seahawks. We'll see how that shakes out when they end up playing each other because they still have both games there. But I still have faith in the Niners. Think about this, Jake. The three games that they've lost in a row. Jake Moody misses a field goal that would win the game for him against Cleveland. Kirk Cousins plays the best primetime game he has played in his entire career. And then they face Joe Burrow, who on his best day is the best quarterback, at worst, the second best quarterback in the league. Can we not think that the sky is falling in San Francisco yet? Because they were 5-0 and should have been 6-0. You could argue that this only could be 
a two-game losing streak, not a three. I'm not oh, worried about me. San Fran. I am worried about Cincinnati because I picked them to win the division, but damn, they look scary as a potential playoff team. Oh, yeah. If Cincinnati can keep up their winning streak and continue kicking people's asses, uh, well, shit. Uh, they're scary. Lou Anarumo did give up a lot of yards to Ayuk and Kittle, but it was a bend-don't-break type of mentality with them. My only question is, what the fuck happened to this defense? Uh, you give up over 100... You give up over 140 yards rushing... On only 27 attempts. Uh, That doesn't sound like a 49ers defense that's overpowered. Their quarterbacks. I don't know what the hell's going on. You gave up. Jamar Chase, okay, yeah. That's expected. But their slot cornerbacks should be better. I usually expect them to cover their slots. But Boyd is one of the best. So I'll give him that. Uh, I think what's ultimately killing the Niners is their health. They just are losing so much of their star power to injuries. And I think Brock Purdy should not have been in this game. I think with the concussion he had last week, I think he got rushed. Yeah, I do agree with that. I do think he got rushed. And I'm surprised that they let him play after what we saw last year with Tua. I will say this. I am very surprised about that. Now, I do think, Jake... Moving on now to Thursday night football last night, the Steelers, the aforementioned Steelers, who I still think are frauds, they did pick up a win at home against the Tennessee Titans. Will Levis, after having a phenomenal debut of four touchdown passes, he did have a rough game, 22-39 for 262 and a pick. The pick was at the end of the game. That's what sealed the win for the Steelers, Quan Alexander made a excellent play on the ball. Fully extended, great pick. But can I just make this argument, Jake? Levis is throwing to a rookie, Josh Weil. Why are you running right behind the linebacker? All you're doing is making it easy for him to just look straight at the quarterback and just go, Oh, this ball's coming right over my head. Let me just jump up real quick and snatch that. Because, come on. Now, granted, you could argue it was, you know, karmic justice because of the fact that they did drop, I think, two interceptions on that drive that were easily jumped. So you could argue the karma finally kicked back the Steelers' way. But, like, come on. A little bit better play than that would have been wise. I think it was also, I don't know if it was fourth down. It might have been. So, but even still, try and get the first down, spike the ball. I think you had 20 seconds left. Or, no, you had 16. You could get away with one more pass. But I do like the fact that Derrick Henry was getting a healthy workload. 17 carries, 75 yards. He did have a touchdown. I really liked the fact that they were continuing to feed him because, to be honest, the reason why he didn't get traded, Jake, I think they like what they have with Levis because Levis can actually throw it deep. Tannehill cannot. 
which means lighter boxes for Derrick Henry, which means we might see the king explode. Oh, easy. If teams have to worry about the passing game, King Henry is going to fucking eat. That is just the honest truth right there. But this game to me was all about just injuries. You had Traylon Burks, who had to get put out on the stretcher after he made almost a phenomenal fourth down catch and he didn't get back up. I that was saw brutal. That. I was like, oh, fuck. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick went down in this game. Uh, not having him in that deep half and being like, uh, fuck, if he's out for a long time, this defense is going to suffer. Uh, fuck. Kyle Phillips did really good in the slot. DeAndre, he got featured again. But I just don't understand the fucking again. I bl- I'm put some blame on Matt Canada. I blame the rookie slump for on a Kenny Pickett. But I can't believe I'm actually agreeing with you on this one. Just have Jalen Warren be the lead back. He's more explosive than Najee. He's better at pass. He's better at catching the ball. The only thing Najee has on him is size and fucking pass protection. That is the only thing. He has over Jalen Warren. Everything else, fuck it. Let Warren be the star rusher. Jake, I've seen you run before, and you run with more burst than Najee Harris does. He's 6'1", 242, and he runs like he's wearing a fat suit. Jalen Warren, whenever he got the ball, I was just like, holy shit, who hit the fast forward button? Because that's how fast he moves. He makes everyone else look like they're in slow motion. Now, Deontay Johnson, to be honest, they were they were force-feeding him that ball down in the red zone when he got that touchdown. After that pass that they wanted to get to him, I in my head, I'm like, they're going to force-feed him this ball because he hasn't gotten a touchdown since 2021. Last person to throw him a touchdown pass, Jake, before that one Big ben. was Big Ben. And he's been retired now for two years. Now, I will say this. I did like the fact that they were at least kind of balanced. 30 runs, 30 passes. But to be honest, I think I give more credit to how inept and anemic this Titans defense was. Jake, no sacks. Two quarterback hits. This Steelers O-line is not that good. It really isn't. It Aziz Al-Shair, where were you? Jeffrey Simmons, where were you? You got a quarterback hit, but you couldn't get a sack? And Terrell Edmonds, Jake, he was just not... He, he was not looking good. He really wasn't. He was on the wrong end of way too many plays. And another one, Jake, where was Harold Landry? You and I both love Harold Landry. He had one tackle and one quarterback hit. That's mm-hmm. you you can't have that. Now, I really quick want to focus on one thing, Jake. Will Levis, he looks like a franchise guy. You and I didn't like him too too much coming out because we thought mayonnaise coffee boy eating a banana with the peel still on, a guy who basically falls in love with his arm and it looks like himself with the photos that he took. I think that he is going to be pretty damn good they need to get this o-line short up though because he looked really poised in the pocket but what would he look like if he didn't have three people 
falling at his ankles. He would look really fucking good, man. The one thing that I remember studying tape on him was that I thought he was more pro-ready in that in one aspect than everybody else in the draft was he's used to playing with a shitty offensive line. He is used to being pressured. So he has that under his belt from the fucking get-go. Because I believe he went to school at Kentucky, right? Yes. Yeah, at Kentucky, he was used to being under pressure and running for his fucking life. Uh, he showed the pose of a veteran in the pocket this game, even though he was getting fucking killed. Uh, you are right. If he can get more time to actually throw and use his arm, which, fuck, top 10 arm in the league as a rookie, in my opinion, already. And he would fucking be scary. Oh, for sure. I I would like him. I think that he can play extremely well. And I think, Jake, that what I would be looking at for certain is I would be looking at and seeing what can he do from a... What can he do from a... What's it, how would I describe it? What can he do from a off-script standpoint? Because we didn't even get... A chance to see any of that i think that that would definitely be something that would be massive because he stayed in the pocket pretty much the entire time i would like to see if he is able to extend plays a little bit more he did get out of the pocket a little but that was because the rush pushed him out he's big he's mobile and he's got a cannon arm we could see a little bit i'm not gonna say he's going to become this we might be seeing the start of an ascent similar to josh allen the only difference is it's more with levis's arm than his legs like josh's was but jake we're going to move on from our recap and we're going to talk about the nfl trade deadline it has come and passed this past tuesday the there were a few moves, Jake, but it definitely wasn't as active as most people would have liked it to be. I know everyone wants it to be like, you know, the NFL or the, not the NFL, the NBA or MLB. They want a big, big, like, you know, hoopla with the trade deadline. They want to see stars move from team to team. Doesn't really happen in the NFL, but what was your favorite trade that you found or that you saw during this trade deadline? Oh, my favorite trade was probably Rasul Douglas to the Bills. You got a third-round pick out of him as the Packer or something. Like, okay, get more draft picks for a really good overall draft class this coming year. The one thing I hate, and I read this, and I agree with 100%, you lose the most fit cornerback to be in a Joe Barry-style defense with trading Rasul Douglas. And I'm thinking, like, this is going to be another goddamn situation, just like with Micah Hyde. We get rid of him, goes to the Bills, fucking becomes an all-pro safety, and a top three free safety in the league when healthy. Uh, with Tredavious White out, Kyrie Elam being a healthy scratch, and now he's on IR, uh, Rasul is going to have to do a lot here. I think he's more than capable, but I'm thinking like, great, our defense is just losing another person uh, on the Packers. But 
I love it for the Bills. They're getting a surefire number two corner. So who can play as a number one in spots. But I think it's a really good trade. I It's being talked in the media somewhat, but not enough kind of like some of the other big ones. Well, it was a good trade. I thought it definitely filled a need, which I always think is the biggest thing to do is fill needs at the trade deadline. If you're a contending team, fill figure out what you're lacking in and try and bolster that or try and bolster a strength. Sometimes that benefits you. Or if you're a team that's wanting to rebuild a little bit, you can also use the trade deadline to get either a rental, depending on what your tr draft capital is you're giving away, or potentially get a decent player at a more discounted price. Because at the trade deadline, you'll notice you can get better prices and better trade, you know, as far as not giving up much than you can in the offseason. Because in the offseason, people are getting signed, people are getting traded, people are getting released little bit more active than it is at the trade deadline. But Jake, my favorite trade, I'm going to be a homer here for a second. Seattle Seahawks getting Leonard Big Cat Williams. I love Leonard Williams. I think that Leonard Williams is, he can be a game wrecker. Now, when he was with the Jets, he played really well, but he didn't really, you know, he wasn't that breakout guy that we see now Quinn and Williams is for the Jets. But on the Giants, Jake, ooh, he looked very good. He actually basically won the Giants a game against Russell Wilson and Seattle in Russ's last year. They shut that defense or they shut that offense down just fantastically. They got Colt McCoy a win, Jake. That's difficult. That's saying something. Yeah, that's difficult. But I think that what Leonard Williams brings to Seattle is they need an interior rush. Their ends are playing well. I like how Daryl Taylor's playing. I like how Boye Mafe's playing. Because Uchenna and Wosu's out, you need them to step up, and they did this past week. But you don't really have a big intimidating presence in the interior you have jaron reed who can rush pretty decently but he's better as a run stopper leonard williams is a guy who can win inside he can beat one-on-ones he can eat double teams he can also take up running lanes and that's also going to help bolster their run defense which i don't know if he'll play this week against baltimore but if he can that is going to be massive because you do not want the Ravens running the ball on your you don't want them running the ball on your defense anyway you definitely don't want them running it up the gut because that's where your defense is going to get worn down because they're going to be crashing bashing the entire time I think Leonard Williams Jake is going to be a huge help and it's also showing that Seattle is going all in on this season, which I like to see. They're leading the division right now. Why not make a big splash? You're only giving up a second round pick and you've been drafting better in the first round and you've been drafting better in the late rounds. You've had guys step up. I love the trade. I think it's going to be a massive trade. Oh, agreed. And the best part is Seattle's only paying like 800k of his salary. The Giants that are minimum. eating like the other. 
Yeah, the Giants are eating the other like 16.8 to 17 million, which is great for the cap for the fucking Seahawks, which their cap's not great at the moment, but yeah, every penny counts. Um, the thing that I find hilarious is two things. You have the 2015 and the 2017 sixth overall pick, both from the Jets, now on Seattle's team. And now that they don't have a second round pick, they can't draft a running back. <laughs> yeah, that seems like it's where they're gonna draft running backs. But Jake, don't don't count Pete Carroll out. He'll figure out a way to get another. He he he'll oh, figure fuck. out a way to get another second round running back. But Jake, we're gonna move on to our eyes on five predictions and analysis for week nine. We're gonna go ahead and start off with your first game. What do you have? So what I have for game one is the battle of the backup quarterbacks. I got the Minnesota Vikings versus the Atlanta Falcons. Ugh. Uh, yeah. Uh, you really don't have much here in the way of quarterback. If I had to pick between Josh Dobbs and Tyler Heineke, just give me fucking Heineke all day long. He's shown more as flashes than Josh Dobbs has. And don't get me wrong, I like Josh Dobbs, but... There's a reason he's been on a lot of fucking NFL teams since he got drafted. He's capable, but he's a spot starter at best, and I wouldn't even go there. I think the Vikings are going to struggle here. I think low scoring, unless Tyler Heineke does something really good and shows off, which, hell, he already shown that he can use the weapons in Atlanta better than Ritter can, and he's not going to have a fumbling issue, which, fuck, I'll take it. The biggest thing I want to see is how does this Falcons O-line get their fucking running game going? Get Bijan some action, for God's sakes. I'm not talking as a fantasy person. I'm just talking in general. He deserves to be the lead back. Put him in as it. Give him 20 carries a game and like five catches. Maybe even more if you can. But Arthur Smith is Arthur Smith. He is archaic as fuck, and I hate it. It drives me batshit crazy that this Falcons offense has all the weapons in the world. You drop in a quarterback and give him an actual head coach? Oh, fuck. Jake, you don't even have Bijan as an as a fantasy owner. I don't have him. We just want to see him actually used because Arthur Smith... He wants to be Bill Belichick so goddamn bad. He wants to be a genius. He wants to be cocky. He wants to be condescending. He wants people to know I'm really smart. No, you're not. You're really not. You sound dumb. You just sound like a dumb fuck. You like, I don't, e Jake, I don't know if I could even trust Arthur Smith to watch a suitcase. I don't even know if I could trust him to watch a suitcase full of money. I think he'd genuinely give it to someone for free. I he's not he's not the guy. He's not the guy. Get rid of him. I'm looking at the injury report here, Jake. The Falcons are gonna be without one of their safeties. Drake London's out and Keith Smith, their fullbacks out. So this is a prime moment. Run the ball. Take advantage of it. Now, also, another thing to keep in mind, Jake, Calais Campbell didn't practice. That's not usually a good sign. Now, it could just be veteran 
having a day off because, well, he is old. But even still, I would not want one of my best players to be one of my best defensive players to be not practicing. I, uh, this is just going to be a dreck game. At least with Josh Dobbs, I can expect him to get Jordan Addison the ball. And if he keeps getting the ball like he has been, well, we're going to see a lot of good things. I think that this is going to be a disgusting game. I honestly am surprised that you're picking this as one of your games, but hey, teach their own. Jake, we're okay, going to move. I have one question before we go to your first. Okay. Over under, Daniel Hunter gets a sack and a half. Over. You think he's going to get two sacks? I absolutely do, because Jake, the Falcons' O line is solid. It's not good. The Vikings? You mean the Falcons? Yeah, the Falcons. That's what I said. Didn't I? Oh, I thought you said Vikings. <laughs> My brain's fried. But as you were saying, going on to your first game, obviously you can't pick your precious Seahawks because I took them for once. Yeah, yeah, whatever. I am going to be taking the Sunday night football primetime game Buffalo Bills heading to Cincy to take on the Bengals. Jake, this is going to be a showdown that has major implications. Why, you ask? Because I want to see if the Bills can actually still be one of the top teams in the AFC. That's what this game represents. Because if they lose to the Bengals, it firmly places them in the pecking order of third or fourth in the AFC. Because right now... You have the Chiefs as the clear-cut number one. The Bengals are back. You have Baltimore, who's just on a tear. Hell, Jake, Jacksonville is 6-2. and two. The Bills are in danger of being fifth in the AFC after we've been looking at them as potentially the best team. If the Bengals beat them and they beat them soundly, the Bills are honestly, they can consider this season pretty much gone because... I don't know if they'd be able to recover from a beatdown when you saw what happened last time they played. It was in Buffalo. It was snowing. And they lost 27 to 10. The Bengals absolutely eviscerated them. I would be looking at Josh Allen. He he has to have a big game. And can we get some James Cook, Jake? Can we get some James Cook? I mean, we're not going to get him on the goal line because they decided to sign Leonard Fournette. I saw a skit where they, a guy was telling James Cook that they signed Leonard Fournette, and he said that he had to go figure out, he was going to go do a science experiment, which is if his toaster was waterproof, because he's not going to be getting any goal line carries. He's not. And I think, Jake, the only way that the Bills win this game is if they feed Kincaid. You need Dalton Kincaid for this game. Cincinnati is ranked 31st against tight ends. You're going to be without AJ Klein on defense. That is one of your better linebackers. And they're going to be out. I mean, Jake, you hope that you know, you you have one of their guards is questionable. One of their defensive tackles is out. 
which helps your O-line, which your O-line needs all the help it can get. Jake, if the Bills lose this game, we cannot look at them as top contenders anymore. We just can't. Cincinnati is definitely looking like their normal selves. I don't see that changing. Again, it's the Bills. I don't see it changing. No, I think I have Cincinnati taking this game unless Buffalo actually pulls their head out of their ass, uh, which I don't know because you are right. The way Dalton Kincaid has been playing these last two weeks, I think he will get heavily featured. But Lou Anarumo, like we talked earlier, is a hell of a defensive mind. He's going to know that all he has to do is shut down two guys. He has to shut down Kincaid and Diggs. And if Davis gets his t- catches, fuck it. Let it happen. Keep those two under wraps because I don't think the fucking Bills offense is smart enough to realize, oh, hey, we got a hell of a running back in James Cook. Let's use him. I don't see it happening. Uh, put Jermaine Pratt or Logan Wilson as quarterback spy and just have one of your safeties cover uh, Kincaid and do bracket coverage on Diggs. There you fucking go. There's your answer. Because their front seven is good good enough to stop that run game and put enough pressure on Allen to make his life miserable on a lot of plays. I'm expecting Josh Allen to be pressured a lot. Will the sacks happen? Maybe. But he's really good at getting out of them because of his size and speed. If they have a chance of winning this game, they're going to have to get after Burrow quickly. They cannot allow the deep bombs to happen to Chase, Higgins, or whoever else is going to try to catch the damn ball. Uh, That is the only way I see them winning this. Not to mention, Jake, I mean, Burrow was working the intermediate as well against the Niners. He went 28-32. It's hard, Jake. It's hard to have an 87% completion percentage. And yet, he did against a defense that we consider to be elite. I I love Buffalo's defense, but as we mentioned multiple times in this podcast, Jake, they're old. They are and old injured. and they're hurt. No Matt Milano, no Tredavious White. Rasul Douglas probably won't play because he just got signed. If he does play, he might not be, you know, he might not be ready as far as knowing the coverages. I think that it's going to be a I think it's going to be a good game, but it could be a rough night for the Bills. But Jake, moving on to your second game as you mentioned, you're taking my Seahawks going up against the Ravens. I think that this is going to be an extremely good game. What do you think? Oh, easy. If Leonard Williams plays this game, it's going to be nothing but a boom. For Seattle because they're going to fucking need him to stop this Baltimore Ravens rushing attack. I like their odds against their receivers. Because Devin Witherspoon's playing out of his fucking mind right now. Kobe Bryant and um, your other cornerback. Thank you. Tyreek Woolen can definitely shut down everything else. I think Zay will get his touches against Witherspoon if... They're going to do slot on slot right there. But Witherspoon's going to win some, and I think that we're going to see him on quite a few blitzes to get Lamar Jackson hurried so he can't set up any deep bombs. I think if Seattle can establish the passing game and at least throw some rushing in there, 
I'm going to like Seattle's chances to win this, but they have to contain Lamar Jackson. They have to stop Gus Edwards and that rushing attack because if Baltimore gets a, a head of steam with that rushing attack, uh, I don't like the Seattle Seahawks' chance to stop them because they're going to bleed clock and tire that defense that quickly. So I'm actually really scared for this game, Jake, and here's why. Because, well, first of all, the Ravens are favored by six, Jesus. which is a huge spread against a 5-2 team like Seattle. And here's why I'm scared, Jake. The reason why I'm scared is because Lamar Jackson, this is the best Lamar Jackson we have ever seen. He is passing the ball better than we've ever seen, and he's a good passer already. He's playing even better. And this rushing attack with Gus Edwards is hitting its stride. What scares me about this game, Jake, is the fact that if Gus Edwards is getting the ball and he's getting it consistently, he's we've seen he can punch it on the goal lines. He's had back-to-back games with three touchdowns. I'm scared also, Jake, because I'm more worried about Seattle trying to pass the ball a little too much. Their running game last week, they were getting chunk plays, but they were not sticking with it. And what drove me nuts is against the Browns, Jake, there were few instances, and you won't hear me say this very often, they were at like third and two, and they could have gotten the first down running the ball, and the running back would just pick the wrong hole. Like, he would just completely whiff on the whole, there was a lack of vision, and not to mention, Jake, I'm looking at the injury report here. One of your guards, questionable. Phil Haynes, your other guard, questionable. Kenny McIntosh, questionable. DK Metcalf was a full participator in practice this today, but he was not throughout the week. That worries me a little bit. Jake, this is going to be an interesting game. I think if Seattle wins this game, it is going to be sticking with the run a little bit, which you won't hear me say very often because I think Pete Carroll runs the ball a little too much. Not quite Arthur Smith level, but a little bit under that. A little bit under that. I'm really wanting to see play action effectively against this Ravens defense because I think if they're able to get the play action pass going, you'll be able to see... The receivers, you know, you see Lockett, you see DK, you might see some more Jack Smith and Jigba who's playing really well. Hell, Jake, we might even see Bobo because Jake Bobo is also playing pretty damn well. I Catches think fucking everything in his goddamn radius. And he's had two straight games with a touchdown. Same with Jack and, Jackson Smith and Jigba. First time that two rookies have ever caught the only touchdowns in a game in back-to-back weeks for Seattle, I think that if the rookies continue to step up here and the Ravens defense, Jake, if they can't get pressure on this Seahawks front, that's a huge win because they've been mauling teams. I think that I, I, I've, like I said, I'm scared with this game. We'll get to our picks here in a moment, but Jake, for my second game, I'm going to be taking the Cowboys-Eagles game of the week, definitely going to be the highest rated game in the league by a mile because you have this historic rivalry. And Jake, 
the last time we saw these two these two quarterbacks on the field together, I believe that Dallas won. Dak had three touchdown passes, but that was a different Jalen Hurts. This Jalen Hurts, he's still hurt, Jake, and they are playing extremely well. They're running the ball very well. I expect them to continue to run it more. And Jake, A.J. Brown, we've never seen a tear like this. Six straight games of 125-plus receiving yards. Six straight! I mean, he's, what, I think he's second or third in receiving right behind Tyree Kill. He's on an absolute tear. He's on pace, along with Tyreek, to break Calvin Johnson's single-season receiving record. They both might go over 2K, which would be insanity. I think that the Eagles, Jake, if they're going to win this game, it's going to definitely come down to short-yarded situations. Can they successfully execute tush pushes with Jalen? You know, his knee, it hasn't been 100%, but we did see against Washington, Jake, we saw that they have a little a wrinkle in that. Now, I do think a big loss will be Bradley Roby being out because he is a pretty damn good corner, wily veteran, and he would be able to help alleviate some pressure on James Bradbury and Big Play Slay. In order for the Cowboys to win this, Jake, it's going to be all CD all the time. I don't think we'll be seeing much Michael Gallup. We might see a little Brandon Cooks, but they're going to be force-feeding C.D. Lamb probably 20 targets. Can you hold him to seven catches? Because I think if you can hold him to that, they cannot run the ball. I don't think that Tony Pollard's going to have any involvement because he really hasn't had much involvement anyway in any of their games. And Jake, I think it's also notable, notable Tyron Smith is questionable, as is Chuma Adoga. Two tackles questionable i love it they'll probably just move tyler smith their first round pick from the 2022 draft into play left tackle where he played in college that's the only thing i can think of if smith does go out and if Adoga's goes out i know who the fuck their backup would be for him but you are right the cowboys and eagles game i think is going to be the highest featured game only because my game of the week which we'll get to is six thirty in the morning. Yeah, That's shared game. Six thirty. Eagles PST. don't come out the way with this. It will be. It won't be terrible because they'll still be number one in the NFC by a country mile. But the Dallas Cowboys are only two games be- behind. Uh, you need to keep up supremacy because Cowboys are coming. I think if the Cowboys can win this, it's like you said, CeeDee Lamb is going to get featured. I don't see them stopping the pass as well as the run. The Eagles defense is going to destroy that fucking run game. Pollard's not going to be able to do shit. I agree with you on that 100%. Uh, If you can stop CeeDee, you pretty much stop this offense. Brandon Cooks might have some involvement. Michael Gallup's going to get erased. But in the end, this really is going to come down to which quarterback is going to play better mistake-free football. Because both these pass rushes are 
fucking lethal. I think the Eagles have a slight edge, but oh, dude, this is scary. Pass rush of this magnitude is a trench warfare's football fans' wet dream. For sure. I think that it's going to end up being a game where Jake Philly's favored by three. I would actually take the points here because I think that because you get three points for home field. So arguably you could call it a pick em game. I would take the Eagles probably with the points. I'd swallow the points because are we sure that if Dallas's defense doesn't get scoop and scores and pick sixes still, are we sure they still can win because they beat a Rams team? That's not all that great. And Deron Bland had a massive pick six that helped blow the game wide open. I don't think they can. And I think if the Eagles do play mistake-free football, like you were saying, I don't trust the Cowboys to. Not with Darius Slay and James Bradbury being very opportunistic. I, yeah, that's going to be iffy. But Jake, moving on to our final game. You're right. It's going to be at 6.30 in the morning Pacific time. I live in PST. You live in Central. So it's going to be 8.30 for your time. Dolphins, Chiefs, Frankfurt, Germany. It's going to be a revenge game for Tyreek Hill. And he has no issue making it personal. He's he's just straight up come out and said it. He, he wants to embarrass the Chiefs. He said they're going to get this work. I would hope so because you are over a thousand yards receiving this point in the season. I'd like to see you continue it. I think that if the Dolphins win this game, it's going to prove that they are a playoff caliber team. They are a contender because, Jake, there's no higher litmus test than a pissed off Kansas City team. Kansas City just lost to the Broncos in a game that they lost the turnover battle 5-1. to one. Jake, do you know how hard it is to get five turnovers in a game? That's Especially hard. against an Andy Reid offense. Yeah. Mahomes threw two picks. He got stripped. I mean, this is going to be one of those games, Jake, that if the Dolphins can beat a pissed-off Chiefs team that did get embarrassed... What's the rule, Jake? Embarrassed teams play extremely well the next week. We did see that with the Lions. They really should have had this that game against the Raiders. It should have been a 40-point game. The only reason why it wasn't is, like you said, Jamison Williams just is a bum. He's not very good. I think that if the Dolphins have any chance of winning this game, it's going to come down to Tyreek, Jalen Waddle. Versus those corners, I like Trent McDuffie. I'm iffy on their other corner. Not not a huge fan, but Jake, the Chiefs need a receiver to step up outside of Travis Kelsey because they they dropping it everywhere. They they can't hold on to the ball. You want to talk about butterfingers, Jake? They've been caught dipping their hands in the butter in the popcorn machine. I think that the Chiefs, if they can catch the ball, this should be a win for them. But I'm a little on the fence here. What do you think? Oh, dude. Uh, with Ramsey back and he got that, he nearly had a pick six last week. I think 
we're going to see him on, on Travis Kelsey. We might actually have somebody that can actually cover him for once. And if not him, put Javon Holland on Travis Kelsey. I think Holland will do a good job, not as good as, as Ramsey can, but I don't know if Ramsey's 100%. If he is, fuck it. Put him on Kelsey. Everything else, have fun. Just don't let him catch the ball because it's not really going to. Ramsey is was a limited participant in practice Jake, looking at the Chiefs injury report, though, you do have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who's going to be out, and Willie Gay is questionable. I think that is something to keep in mind, because Willie Gay is one of their better pass rushers, and he is a tackling machine. I think that if... And also, Jake, one other thing that we definitely have to bring up, if the Dolphins... O-line can't hold up against this Kansas City pass rush. Everything we just talked about's moot. Because that the Chiefs defense, this is the best defense we've ever seen Patrick Mahomes have. They could win this game realistically for this for this team. Now, Xavier Howard was a limited participant, Jake, with that groin. He is questionable. I think that will be a big thing as well. And Connor Williams, their center, also with a groin injury, he is questionable. He was a limited participant. Those both might end up being game time decisions. Who knows? I. Jake, let's get your picks. You know what? Let's get the picks real quick. Jake, who do you have winning our games? Okay. So to start off, I have the. Dolphins beating the Chiefs in a shootout. I have the Ravens beating Seattle. I have the Falcons beating the Vikings. And I have the Eagles beating the Cowboys. And what was your other game? Bills-Bengals. I have the Bengals beating the Bills. So... Dolphins, Ravens, Falcons? Yep. Dolphins, Ravens, Falcons, Bengals, and uh, Eagles. Alrighty, those are written down and locked in. Jake, I'm going to be taking the Dolphins as well against the Chiefs. I think that Tyreek Hill is going to have a massive game. I think that O-line is going to hold up just long enough for Tua to be able to get the ball out, and I would be very worried if these turnover woes continue for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs because we've seen spurts of things like this happening. Jake, you know I got to take my Seahawks against the Ravens. I know it sounds like a homer pick, but I do think that this defense, especially those corners, can lock up those receivers and also, I would take Seattle to cover the six points. I think a touchdown, almost a touchdown, is a little disrespectful. I would look, I'm taking the Vikings to beat the Falcons. I like Taylor Heineke, Jake, but I just don't think that if Josh Dobbs plays, I would definitely take him. If not, I think we can lean on Jordan Addison to play well rather than Bijan because, well... Arthur Smith. 
I am taking the Bengals to beat the Bills because I do believe that the Bengals right now are just a buzzsaw and I don't think the Bills can stop it. And I am taking the Eagles over the Cowboys. I think that the Cowboys are frauds. I think that the only way they can win is if their defense scores along with their offense. I don't see any defensive scores happening. I think the Eagles play it clean. They run the ball with Swift. I think the Eagles might have a chance to blow out the Cowboys. But Jake, moving on to our final segment, our closing thoughts, we're going to check in on our divisional predictions. Now, Jake, if I if my math is right, I believe I am three and four in both conferences. You are two and four in both conferences. I believe you had in the AFC, we both had the Jaguars. You had the Steelers in the AFC North. I had mm. the Raven or I had the Bengals. Ravens are leading that division. In the AFC West, we both had the Chiefs. In the AFC East, you had the Bills. I had the Dolphins. And then, sorry, in the South, we both had the Jaguars. And then in the NFC, I believe you had the Falcons in the yes. NFC South. I Which had. I'm, I'm leading with that one. I had the uh, Panthers. Little bit of a dart throw. Didn't work out. I have the Seahawks in the West. You had the Niners. I have that one. In the North, we both had the Lions. And then in the East, you took the Cowboys. I have the Eagles. The thing that I've noticed is that if the person who is not winning that division with their pick, at most, they're like a game and a half behind. So, exactly. And it's, and it's only half. Well, besides the Panthers pick, but that was a gamble and a half. But I respect it. Yeah, it was a dart throw because that division is just dreck. It's garbage. It's awful. I honestly don't think the Saints are all that great. I do think they're benefiting with a pretty weak sauce schedule. And I, I understand the Falcons pick, Jake, but I think Desmond Ritter, uh, I think we should uh, get Ritter of him. Stop with the dad jokes. You don't have a kid. <laughs> I got the dad bod, though. But anyway... <laughs> I think that's going to wrap things up for this episode of Run Past the Brain Cell. Thank you all for listening. You can check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to follow so you never miss an episode. And for Jake Miller, I'm Adam Skirko. We'll see you next time. Take care. Take it easy.